Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Well, hello. Here we are with our interviewee number 43, Deirdre Marshall. And Deirdre is one of the legends that we are creating an archive of for, um, for general interest and catching the voices and experiences of these people. They go off and do other things. I'm not going to say go off. Yeah. So Deirdre, how and when and why did you become involved in drama in education? That's a good question. Um, I first had my experience of drama as a student at school, so it was in the, the late 70s, so in the early days of drama in schools. And uh, we had this amazing drama teacher, she ran a theatre company in Melbourne, uh, Lola Russell. And yes, uh, a bit of a legend in Melbourne. And never had the, it was an elective, it was not part of the course, so you had to get tier nine before you could actually do it. Music was embedded in the curriculum, but not drama. Mm -hmm. uh, so really just encounter, getting involved in the performances. Uh, it was all based around script work. There was, we didn't learn about theatrical styles or um, you know, looking at, at theatre traditions from other cultures. Uh, so it was very much about reading a script and putting on a show. And I remember doing, in year eight, doing my first play with Lola, and it was an adaptation from C.J. Dennis's um, Ginger Mick, The Adventures oh, of Ginger Mick. Oh, good script work. Absolutely, and I think Lola might have adapted it because there wasn't the, the range of, of scripts written for, for schools like there are today. And Lola was being, being so involved in the city of Melbourne, um, she got us into the Moomba. Parade. So we actually got to stand on a float for the Moomba Parade in about 1979, I think it was. So wonder she was popular. <laughs> oh, she was offbeat. She was offbeat. She was unique. And um, and then it was just doing school productions after that. Um, and uh, we had a house play festival mm -hmm. and had my first go at directing a play when I was in year 12. And so each year. I did um, Tammy the Shrew in year 10, um, became the cultural captain for the house and directed the play and, and played the old woman. I had a habit of always playing the old woman in plays. So I was the mother in law in year 9 and then oh, Katarina in year 10 and then conducted the choir in year 11 and then year 12 directed a Riders to the Sea, which is an Irish play. So having to master an Irish accent. And we had a, an English teacher who had started at the school, this is Brighton High School, and his name's Mark Mitchell, went on to become famous for Colm the Fruiter. That's right. Yes. I, I need a name ring. Yeah, Mark Mitchell. He was an English teacher at school. So we had Lola Russell, a 
we had Mark Mitchell, and Mark came and coached us in how to do an Irish accent. Uh, and I still remember the exercises that we had to do. Um, and yes, and then um, I got to the end of year 12, and even though I wasn't doing drama as a subject, uh, in those days you did languages, if you wanted to go on to university or do maths and science, or you had to do secretarial studies and right. type, yes. uh, or do shorthand. Typing would have been very handy. <laughs> yes, we all frowned on it. No, no, now, now, now everything's on the, everything's computer. Yes, so the other way. Should have done that. Um, so I just did languages, thinking I'll go to uni, and then I decided I wanted to do drama and applied to uh, what was Melbourne State College. Mm -hmm. By the time I got there, they had amalgamated with the Institute of Early Childhood Development and had become Melbourne College of Advanced Education. That's right. And so I did my Bachelor of Education, started in 
same material, same materials, same curriculum, and uh, might be slightly different depending on the teachers' interests and strengths. But uh, you know, it was it was said that from school to school you could have that consistency in the education, yeah. uh, which I always thought was I could never understand why we didn't have that down here. Uh, and I had a friend who uh, was trained in Queensland, and was a music teacher, and she's now down here. But you know, having these conversations with her 25, 23 years ago and saying, why don't we have something? Yes, and we want yeah. something. Why don't we have something that where it's, you know, you've got that outline, that you've got some flexibility, but you've got that consistency. Yeah, so across, across, across schools, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we saw, um, you know, the development of VELs and, and then the OSVELs and the national curriculum, but it's like, it's like we've been slogging up this hill for years. No, <laughs> you just get, you, you get on top of that learning yeah, curve and then another, another there's another mountain to climb. That's exactly right. So apart from curriculum, is there anything else that stands out to you in terms of change? When I started, yeah, yeah, when I started, um, I, I obviously had an HSC. Mm -hmm. And when I, I remember the, my final couple of years of teacher training in the late, what we did in the late 80s. And the development of VCE was probably the big one. Mm -hmm. And uh, then being involved, because I'd started off in music, teaching music at the school, um, putting my hand up because I had a special interest in uh, non-Western music and I was doing a Masters in Ethnomusicology. And putting my hand up to be involved in writing, this was the Board of Studies, CAA and uh, it sounds so old, don't we, And getting involved in developing uh, support material and the exams and the common assessment tasks as they were in those days, uh, and then getting involved in Drama Victoria, oh, I suppose that in my fourth year, mm -hmm. and uh, becoming involved in uh, just. Yeah, just, just um, becoming involved with the organisation because I was on the committee actually for two years or something. We used to meet at, um, originally it was at uh, the fact there was an old factory, it was like in, in Gold Street in Clifton Hill. For heaven's sake. For heaven's yes. Which uh, Alice was about 12, and now we're all at 12. Um, all yes, young and so idealistic. Oh, very idealistic. And then um, it moved, it was, uh, I was the representative on the JAXA, Joint Council Subject Associations. Uh -huh. And we used to meet in Richmond. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, that's right, on the church street there, I think. So I suppose, you know, it was CEO. Getting involved in the conferences, which were at the Teachers College in those days, or was the old Teachers College, um, and just the sharing of ideas and having, I suppose it was being able to develop your program by through sharing your ideas. Mm -hmm. So I've completely gone off the track here. No, it's thirty no, years in the classroom, and my brain all. has gone. Oh, it, the, the, the changes, changes, yes, uh, the changes. You're talking so about the associations and they're being in their the, natal stage yes. and, then and then see blossoming into what to, we are today. That's right, with our 50th anniversary coming up. Which and is, a, and it's a huge organisation with it is much bigger so than many arms and so much support. Yes, so the conference is so much bigger than it was. And also, I think the links to industry yes, are very interesting too. too. Yes, 
um, with those connections with the, the education programs in the theatres to see Drama Victoria become a, um, I suppose it's, it's a force mm. for um, overseeing a lot of the changes that happen with uh, government policies, the importance of, of really advocating for drama. Um, and I, I still, I'm still a music teacher as well as a drama teacher and the arts in general for me, but with Drama Victoria for advocating, um, you know, the development of theatre studies as well. I remember when VCE uh, first came out, mm. all we had was drama. That's right. And so to actually have the, I remember starting to teach theatre studies, it would have been 90, that was drama in 94, 94, so it's a little bit later. I think it's theatre studies. And I didn't start teaching it tonight until 2001 yeah. when I started teaching it. Um, and seeing, you know, that those students who wanted to do more technical things, wanted to do the lighting and the sound, had those opportunities. And for me, with the changes in VCE theatre studies a few years ago, with the reworking of the curriculum, so that there's that design component. Oh, yes. Sorry. And the design component. Um, I had a student many years ago who just wanted to be the lighting technician. That's all we wanted to do. And, and, and they're the students. a script and he would, no. They're the students that I think have benefited from that, Completely that slight yes. shift of it's focus. Fantastic. I love that design component. Brenner. Yes. The designers, the, the ones who want to be makeup artists, the ones who want to make costumes, yeah. or who want to, uh, you know, do all the supporting production for things. productions. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic, yes. Because we can't have a theatre production without technologies. Yes. And the changes in the technologies too, I think, is a big thing. Oh yes, you know, isn't with, that fast? With lighting and with... Uh, I have a, a former student who works as a lighting technician and, uh, you know, they can control the theatre lights while sitting at the bar in the theatre on their iPhones. On their iPhones. So they can be outside having coffee and there could be a rehearsal and they can actually just simply bring up the lights and yeah. all, all It's a whole new world. It's exciting. It is. I think it's so exciting. I really do. I go, wow. When I think that in 1981, when I wanted to do the lighting for the school production and the male physics teacher who was in charge of that said, no. You're a girl. Only boys can do the lighting. <laughs> That's right. How we've changed. <laughs> How we have changed. On that note, about thinking about changes and, and, and the rhythm of you know your life in that area of education, would you like to reveal some of the highs and lows of your career? You can go whichever way you like. Maybe you haven't had a lot. Maybe it's been highs all the way. It's been interesting. In um, 2010, the school I was teaching at uh, didn't offer theatre studies in Year 12, but I had a group of Year 10s who were desperate to do theatre studies. Yeah. So I decided, I actually applied for a grant through Regional Victoria, mm -hmm. and I started a new theatre company to provide them with an opportunity outside of school. And I promoted it in the local regional area. And I picked up a, a couple of kids, one in particular who was a school refuser in a different secondary 
setting, different schools, three schools in the town where I was teaching. We had the government school, the Catholic school, and the independent school, which is not uncommon. And um, this young fellow was refusing to go to school. He was bullied. He, was, he just couldn't leave the house. But he would come to our evening classes and is now actually co-running the company with another graduate. I handed it over to the young people to run a couple of years old, in the last year. And uh, so they're now taking it from strength to strength because I thought, no, it's time for me. I'm getting older. It's time to bow out and I'm going part-time with my teaching and I don't want to be giving up hours and hours yeah, of my time. a lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle. And one of my big things that really, all along has been for young people to find their voice. Yes, yeah, succession. To express themselves. So the succession planning. So train up these kids, got them. We had uh, visiting artists would come in and run workshops and train them up. And so last year, um, they I handed it over and they took over. But from 2010, it's really funny, you talk about highs and lows. And it's amazing how often those things come together at the same time. Mm -hmm. So um, my mother got very, very ill. I was parenting the school that I was teaching at as well. So there were a number of issues concerning um, you know, conflict of interest as a parent. Um, and I had been burning the candle at both ends, running the school production on my own, uh, running this theatre company and uh, writing plays and, and a bit of community directing. And my mother got in the middle of this. And she was, the, in 2012, she was particularly ill. Um, the, we weren't sure how long she would have. And uh, I got a, a, a message to say that I had been awarded this, which was the inaugural regional teacher of the year award for Drama Victoria. So uh, I think I can remember you receiving it. It was yeah, it was stepping up to receive it. It was very exciting, but it was the most bizarre experience because it was, you know, I'd been nominated by. Um, a number of people in the industry, as well as somebody in Drama Victoria. Mm -hmm. So I just about had three people who had written in supporting my nomination, some of the regional arts um, as well. And in the middle of all this, I was going through this crisis of confidence in the classroom where I felt that I wasn't getting the support from school. But in the bigger drama community, it was there was all this support. And it was lovely, it really was. And it was, it was a, it was a, I was particularly proud to be able to get this. Um, the timing is, it was the most extraordinary, was, as you're saying. It, 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 at, well, at the same time going, this is incredible. At the same time going, I don't know why I'm getting this. I feel like I'm <laughs> lousy the teacher. Terrible self-doubt. Yeah, which I think drama teachers are gripped with mm -hmm. most of the time. Uh, I think it comes with the nature of, of the beast. So, which was really lovely. Um, to receive this, um, particularly because I sort of take a bit of a break. I thought Calbright's death had knocked me something yes. terrible. It was, it was shocking. Was, it was unexpected um, to find out how he really been and mm -hmm. uh, always regarded him. It was always my goal to be on an assessment panel. Yes. Uh, you know, I, it would always be in the next room <laughs> at exams. You know, so you were next year, in the night. I want to be in. I want to see that man in action. He was such mm -hmm. a passionate, caring, compassionate 
complete, complete dedication. He was absolutely yes. So yeah, a real a real general for the cause. He was wasn't he? yes, very much so. And I think he would be I think terribly terribly sad to see that you know we're still fighting all these years later. We're still fighting for recognition to get the A into STEAM. <laughs> so uh, yeah, very sad. So this was was a huge highlight for me, and I suppose it was a gave me a bit more, you know, like that, yeah, I am doing something right. There is clearly something. Yeah, that it gave you that reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, yeah, and that was because I've been doing uh, community teaching as well as the school teaching, as well as the youth theatre. So it was all that, um, I suppose, just constant putting together opportunities and, and providing opportunities for, for kids. It's, it, it, you, it's, it takes you in, doesn't it? It does. And it becomes all absorbing. Mm -hmm. And so you've just talked about Rob, Rob Galbraith. Mm -hmm. Are there any other mentors or collaborators that you'd like to to make us aware of that have really you you feel really given the, the window mm -hmm. your wing? Yes. Um I did a bit of work with my mama with my youth theatre group a few years ago. And uh, we, uh, we linked in with Platform Youth Theatre, which sadly, due to funding cuts, is no oh, more. Oh, don't just me. I know. And Rose has been, in fact, Rose was one of the people who nominated me for the yeah. award. I got to know Rose. And she was wonderfully supportive of bringing people into Gippsland and giving me, you know, building that network. So we had Adam Cass come down and work with us on playwriting, spent a weekend doing playwriting with the kids. Um, so I suppose it's, it's having, and I, I found um, the people at La Mama, Adam's partner, Caitlin, mm -hmm. is wonderfully supportive and helpful if they need anything. Uh, I think we're so fortunate that we've had um, Meg Upton. Yes. She's wonderfully supportive. She's been fantastic. I, look, she, I think she should qualify for sainthood. I think she should saint Meg of if this, the if this, was, if this was a religious institution, yes, she, she, she would be she right would be the Madonna. She'd be the Madonna. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's just amazing people. As Meg has been a wonderful support. Um, uh, I have a, a very dear friend, Sharon Marshall, uh, down in Gippsland. She's a couple yes. of hours from me, and uh, yes, she's been fantastic as well. So I suppose you build your network, and sometimes these people are just another teacher, just another teacher. We're not just another teacher, but um, you know, just something in another school or in another part of the region who just and provides that network I for you. I think that talks about your success as a regional teacher. The fact that you, you do reach out and you do work to make these connections, you know, to your credit mm -hmm. because being a regional teacher could become very isolating mm -hmm. unless, you're, unless you're prepared to put in the work and Yes. And find these things. Yes. It is very, very isolating. Yes, because we're just that. Uh, particularly, government policy seems to stop at Pakenham. Oh, you know, that's like you know, that's where the state stops at Pakenham, and anything else beyond that. So, there's the tyranny of distance. Yes, in, you know, a three and a half hour drive, not allowing for roadworks and traffic. Mm. Um, the you know, when you want to use the trains, we there's the limitations of the timetable, or trains get replaced by buses. Uh, so bringing kids to Melbourne has always been fraught, fraught. Um, so and I suppose also having the support of your local 
theatre over your performing arts centres mm. is integral there if they can get the touring shows to come down, mm. uh, which is sometimes great, sometimes it's just better if you leave at 6.30 in the morning to see a show I know. You know, in the, the art centre. I take yeah. my hat off to you guys, you know, when they um, when the groups come mm. from those regional areas, you know that the teacher it's and those students have been up since the early hours of yes. the morning and they'll be still going That's late right. yeah, It's 10 o'clock at night and you're still at the station waiting for the parents to come and, and pick the kids huge. up. It's a huge commitment. It is. And that's where the, the regional support, the, the building your network and, you know, finding out who the teachers are in other schools. And sometimes it's as, it's as simple as just, like, I know all the drama teachers in Salem. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, but you know, time, we don't always get to see each other. <laughs> no, time is very, very short, isn't yes. it, when you're teaching, mm, particularly yes. drama teaching, because yes. it's not as though you're often mm -hmm. sitting while they're doing something quite in your own. You're very involved in all. You're on your feet, you're engaged in the kitchen, you're around the whole time, it's a very busy job. So, professional learning experiences. Are there any that stand out for you? Probably every workshop I've ever done with Bell Shakespeare. Wow, um, that sounds good. I've done some fantastic workshops with them. Uh, I, mean, I, I love Shakespeare. Yes. I live in Stratford, I do the Shakespeare Festival uh, down there. Um, <laughs> I'm currently working actually on a project to bring students from around the world to Stratford next year to do a performance of The Tempest in September. So we're going to be rehearsing online um, and I suppose last year I actually took the students and the, or the kids in the, the youth theatre to England. We got invited to go to the UK with a play that we wrote uh, called Shakespeare's Shrew and Lies, in which these, we were going to, it was just going to be an adaptation of Tammy the Shrew. Yes. And the kids read the script and it was just after Rose Batty was awarded the Australian of the Year and the kids read this script and they only forgot to be kidding us. And I thought, Clearly, a different generation. It didn't occur to me. The other one, the one theme is violence against women. Yes, violence against women. Isn't it great that the kids pick that straight up? Straight it? away, and I just well, look, all credit to them. I said, well, what are you going to do with it? Let's take this. And so we did an adaptation of it, which I wrote for them. So we workshopped it, and I wrote it down. And we ended up headlining the White Ribbon Campaign in Sale, okay. Queensland, about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And then we fundraised and we went to Stratford upon Avon last April and performed during the 400th anniversary celebrations. That's incredible, dear really exciting. And so, how many students did you take with you? Well, they were from they were they were all the no some of them were adults, young adults okay. because the theatre company goes to 25. Right. So our youngest was 14 and the eldest was 23, and there were 11 of them. Incredibly awe inspiring. I mean, awe of that. And actually, being able to go into the Globe Theatre when we got to London, yeah. actually going into the Swan and seeing the performance with the RSC, that was fantastic. And which one did you see? Uh, they didn't do Shakespeare, they did Don Quixote. Oh, wow. Well. So, but it was, we were in the theatre and it was very exciting to actually see. Uh, and I suppose, it, again, because Shakespeare is a special passion of mine. Going to see the pop-up globe yeah. here in Melbourne was, was 
that's the best Shakespeare I've ever seen. That's how Shakespeare. <laughs> I think we've lost a lot with theatre. Those theatre experiences for kids, with the fourth wall and the invention of fourth wall, made it very. It's much cool. more stilted, and just to have that open that connection with directly with the actors there and that immediacy. It's, I think every every drama student should go to the pop up. It's a good recommendation. Yes. Um, what do you attribute the longevity of your career to in the last minute or so that we've got here? I think maintaining that joy. The drama is fun. Yes. It should be fun. And for me, it's about keeping it fun for the kids as well. I'm now working in primary school and helping with the preps. It's, it's the idea that we're just doing creative play and being able to keep that excitement and that joy going through into grade six so that they'll take it on into high school with them. So I think it's being able to connect again with the kids and that whole sense of we're here to have fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure, we're you know, working with the curriculum and that's got to drive it as well, but um, keeping that wide-eyed wonder. You know, yeah. We can all just jump down that rabbit hole it's and who very, knows what's going on. It's very Heathcotian. Yes, it is in many ways. Deirdre Marshall, you are a legend. Thank you. Thank you Thanks for your wonderful me. interview. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>